the internet, and welcome to season 120, episode 2 of Dead Daily Zeitgeist, yeah. a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say, officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers and fuck Fox News. It's Tuesday, February 11th, 2020. Happy B-Day to my pops. Shout out to him. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Oh my God, what? Days go by and I still think of you. Jack O'Brien loves his Mountain Dew. (laughs) He couldn't live without his Mountain Dew. (laughs) All right, that's plenty. Ah, that is courtesy of Christy Yamaguchi, man. Uh, I don't know. For some reason, that that, that chorus always sounds like it's being sung by an elderly man to me. So. <laughs> it sounds very much like a robot. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, days go it's just by. the kind of vocal. Days go by, and you hear it. Days go by. Well, I, I think it might be the content of the lyrics. <laughs> the, the oh, days, days go, go by. by. Yeah, just kind of like you yeah. see him looking into an old like uh, daguerreotype. He's an old robot. Yeah. Uh, well, I am thrilled <laughs> to be joined uh, by the other voice you're hearing right there. My co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! <clears throat> if you hit the blood right, deep throat flammer. <laughs> Inevitable great kind, she's gonna make you high. Okay, I'm gonna stop right there. Thank you for that, that too. Look, one of the the only U2 album I own is Zuropa, which wow. I believe is that album. Wow. Only because Not this... Not Akung, baby. No. At the time, I didn't know... This almost sounded like a black person to me. Like, <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, this U2 band doing something. We're I going. had no idea the other songs they made, and very narrowly when this came on the radio, just with like the bass line and the little fucking... Mm-hmm. Uh, little keyboard stabs, organ hits. I was like, this shit goes. And then I listened to the rest of the album, and I was like, what is this? We're going uh, with yeah. some very heavy affected vocals today. Yeah. Uh, we're also going on the road, Miles. Yes. With our time machine and super producer, Anna Hosnier. Like right now. We're taking you guys back in time in Brooklyn yeah. at the Bell House on February 12th. Which with is Daniel also O'Brien. That Wednesday. Is Wednesday. That's yeah. tomorrow. Yep. Holy shit. Uh, Washington, D.C., February 13th. At the Miracle Theater, Natalie McGill. It will be miraculous. It is the day after tomorrow. Uh, Minneapolis, February 25th at the Parkway Theater with POS. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago, February 27th at the Sleeping Village with Daniel Vaniel Kirk. Daniel and, Vaniel. of course, Toronto, the grand finale, February 28th at the Great Hall. Oh, what a great hall. We're not even specifying which one, just the great hall. There's only one. Yeah. You know, Y'all it's in know Toronto. Which, it's in Toronto. What talking Toronto. About. Uh, that'll be with Drake, Frank Ocean, uh, many others. So for <laughs> tickets, go to dailyzeitgeist.com. Go to the live appearances tab for links to the tickets. We are thrilled and lucky to be joined today by the hilarious, the talented Tiff Stevenson. Damn straight. There she is. Damn straight. Welcome. Mother. <laughs> about to be about to be uh, a patriot, huh? 
about to be close to becoming a somewhat of a American paying into your system. Yeah. Yes. Now, what oh, yeah. do you have to do to become a patriot other than watch the Mel Gibson film Patriot? Oh God, who could watch that? It's twenty-seven someone. hours long. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, really. It really feels like it, and yeah. no one needs to see Mel Gibson with a ponytail for that no. long. Oh. Is Heath Ledger in that? That's yeah, like his he is. Son. His son. Yeah, yeah. And that, and does he like defect or some shit or what? Or he no. gets captured, he gets he, killed? I think. Yeah. Spoiler. Oh, what? he gets killed, uh, <laughs> and Mel Gibson not too happy about that. Really. Heath oh, is Ledger. that like the inciting yeah. incident? He's an yeah. objector, yeah. Heath, Heath Ledger is the uh, Mel Gibson's wife from Braveheart of the Patriot. Because, right. Because, like, that's when Mel Gibson starts doing the, like, crazy like, eye what? Thing. You like, got a, my yeah. kid? Yeah. Uh, it is really sad. Uh, I remember watching that movie in the theaters. I was like, Braveheart? But America? But America? <laughs> <Wow>! <laughs> no way! You fell right into the developer's yeah. trap right there. Did it come out after Braveheart? Yeah. It did, oh, it yeah. did. Like, because my favorite part of Braveheart is his accent. Right. Yeah. Um, Wait, which is, is it like, an yeah. absurd accent? His Not... Aussie, Scottish accent? <laughs> yeah. Whatever, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever he's doing there? Yeah. 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 And he, it's, it's beautiful. I think at one point he like pops his head out of a bothy uh, and then says something along the lines of, they're taking my wife. Yeah. Well, what's happening? <laughs> they're taking my wife. I, I love you. I prima nocta. I want to marry you. Uh, that whole, I remember that was like the the cultural significance for a lot of Americans who are like many generations removed from feeling like they're from another place. Yeah. Suddenly everyone's like, yeah, dude, I'm Scottish. Because like, you know, fucking tiny ass, tiny ass nation like Scotland, dude, standing up to like fucking empire, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck, dude. They can take our lives, but they not our lifted trucks. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big, that was a big moment, I feel like, for, uh, Dudes in high school. And oh yeah, middle school. Oh, did you time. paint your faces? Uh, no. There's a fine line <laughs> no. between yeah. Yeah, that's looking a... like a warrior and like you've been to a school fate, right? Right, or a fair, <laughs> yeah, like a exactly. little. Uh, what did they do? It was. It's supposed to be blue and white, but somehow I got a butterfly. Yeah, it's not scary. <laughs> <laughs> For one Halloween, I did a mashup costume where I was Pharrell Williams Wallace. Oh really? Where I wore That's the big good. ass hat, like oh, when he was yes. wearing that Vivian Westwood hat with yeah. like blue face paint, a kilt, but like a bape shirt on top. Nice. Not many people understood what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> yeah. They thought I was a weird Canadian Mountie. And yeah, a kilt was a, the prevailing well, take. <laughs> anyway, Tiff, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're gonna tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about today. Uh, the Biden campaign is fully in the. I don't really give a fuck what you guys think. Dad yeah. phase of the campaign. They're just like, uh, there's a bit of spite. Yeah, they're mad. Spiciness. That, that was, so somebody put it well a, after the Friday debate that he seemed to be uh, confusing volume for eloquence. Like right. he started screaming like most of his points. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump is now the mainstream media's consensus pick, it would seem. <laughs> like, now that Bernie might be threatening, it seems like they don't know what to do with that. Uh, so they're they're getting cozy with the existing administration. Uh, we're going to talk about the Oscars combination of getting the right movie and uh, some just amazing philosophical speeches from Joaquin Phoenix. 
Brad Pitt, our leading thinkers on the left. Uh, so we'll we'll talk about that. I couldn't make it, unfortunately. So you couldn't? I got, no, Laura Dern picked up my award. Oh, that was nice. That was nice of her. Yeah. Um, it looks great, though. The award looks fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's dope that you're wearing it around on a chain right now. <laughs> a bike chain. <laughs> it's a good look. <laughs> All of that and more. But first, Tiff, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? So in my search history, lobsters. Mm. Lobsters. Lobsters. I'm really trying to get to the bottom of this Jordan Peterson thing. Because oh, I've yeah. had a theory about him for a while in that he's like kind of Super Soul Sunday for men. Super Soul Sunday for men. He's like Oprah for men because all of his sort of quotes have been done by women. So he's got ones about radical self-care and he's got stuff like the most important person to take care of is yourself right before you can help the rest of uh, the world he also has one where he says um tidy your room which is basically uh marie kondo right yeah right yeah. um and then there's one about like gratitude and you know people died before you so a little gratitude is in order which was a sort of a bastardization of a, a Maya angeli quote huh so all all on your way into alt right YouTube. Basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So I've been kind of looking it up to just to try and get to the bottom of like why so many people are kind of drawn to this and the rules for life. And one of the rules is standing up straight is important. Mm. Yeah. That's okay. one of the twelve rules. And that's somehow linked to lobsters. So I was Googling. Um, yeah, what is the lobster thing? He's a lobster. Um I think it's to do <sighs> I think it's to do with like dominant male lobster behavior. And then there's a comparison between um, humans and lobsters and how the, the, the kind of dominant male will attract the female. And, right. Because but, alpha dogs and like dog pack behavior is not, it was like too done. So he was just like, but lobsters on the yeah. other hand. You I don't know whether he's trying to claim that we have similar DNA, but I don't think we're that similar at all. And he sort of doesn't mention the fact that female lobsters, in order to attract male lobsters, sort of squirt piss out of their faces. Yeah. With pheromones in it. Right. Just like so, women. Just like men. women do. Yeah. yeah just uh, like women and men. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what I've been looking up. I've been looking up lobster, trying to understand. Because what's interesting is that a lot of the ideas have been done by women, but I don't think the people that want to hear them. Right. Um, well, yeah, would he, listen to them from a woman. <laughs> well, he so. speaks to a very like toxic kind of thinking. So when you put these these sort of rules in that could offer somebody some semblance, I, mean, I guess that's the hook point. But also it, it's used a lot to sort of like, you would use a lot of the things he presents to like say like, that's why racism is okay. Right. Too. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And that's interesting though, but what you're saying of like the thing about if you're already someone who's not interested in self-care or something or like emotional self-care because you look at that as like a snowflake, like soft woman thing to do, then suddenly someone kind of telling you to be self-aware could be like, whoa, I didn't think about that. But also fucking tough alpha and let's preserve uh, Western civilization. Did you see what is going on with him? Yeah, he was. He was. Oh, he's been ill, hasn't he? Well, he was a. He had a. I think benzo addiction. Yeah, it's... and he went to go do like a detox in Russia. Right. Uh, and then that there were complications with that. Right. And he is now apparently. The last thing I said is he's unable to like speak with assistance or stand up straight without assistance. Yeah, that's that's very sad. And that is I, sad. People who are you know using this as to point out that his 
life philosophy doesn't work. I mean, we've we've had people on all sides suffer from addiction. So I mean, I don't I don't know that that's quite where we want to criticize his uh his thought process but it, it just seems like well he really was on the carnivore process. diet where he was only drinking beef salt and water oh yes nice. this like kind of meat now di- meat no and then something diet. happened he had some kind of reaction i don't know i mean i, yeah. I obviously i don't i don't uh celebrate anyone's uh, addiction or illness yeah. but, but if somebody is doing a really um you know wild diet and has health issues that is definitely fair game to <laughs> keep track of that or just the vitriol that comes yeah. out of this dude's mouth it's funny it's it's interesting to see how many people are responding to like what's going on with him from like I, there are people like who listen to bodega boys who mm. are like nah man like leave jordan peterson alone and i'm mm. like what the fuck yeah. and there are other people who are like this guy is you know he's your he's your gateway to like the red pill on the internet right yeah what is something you think is overrated Overrated, getting fit. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Because it's sold to us as a good idea, isn't it? But what if you get so fit that everyone just wants to have sex with you? (laughs) (laughs) Like everyone, including the people who work in the gym, then it's just an endless round of, I'm sorry, I'm washing my hair. Literally, it's full of sweat. Or, (laughs) Gary, you can't bench press with an erection. It'll end in a hernia. You know, I don't want want to be off-putting to people in my gym. And I also don't want to be one of those smug people who tweets just heading in for a body pump session or... Post right. pictures of myself on Instagram or videos. Worse, videos of me working out. I feel like those are hate crimes when I see those on Instagram. Right. Against you. Against me personally. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I see someone like, I appreciate the end results and I don't mind people kind of going, hey, look, I sure. am being honest about the fact they work to get there, but I don't want to see the video of you doing it. Right. Like, what, what is it? What is it about it? Let's, let's unpack that. Let's you see unpack- that, therefore what? You should be there. Um, How dare you? I feel, I, well, I feel a little bit of guilt. Um, right. And uh, secondly, I'm like, but it's boring. Like, why? <laughs> right. Why do I want to see you doing push, like pushing? Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. They and all also, look exactly the same. Yeah. And the women's the ones person. are always on that leg spreading machine that's at the gym. You know, the one that <laughs> right. most normal people would avoid. You know, you go, I can't, there's men in the gym. I can't sit on that one that spreads my legs oh, and then in bring and your, out. Right, yeah. and knees together. I don't know what that one's called. What is that? The, the thigh t- master machine is what I call yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so I think this thing about just like. Stop. <laughs> unless it's a funny video, unless you're going to like do something to undercut it. Yeah, but like- if it's a st- <laughs> serious video, if you just either as a dude, just be, I don't know. How do you feel when you see hench dudes like, I don't, yeah, busting out some rips? I get, I get miss leg day for the fifth time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I miss leg day for the 30th year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think I've gone past the phase where I feel anything when I see shit on the internet anymore. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then I, that's usually when I skip through a story and I'm like, okay, this is all just fucking massive gains posts. Right. All right, Chris Gaines. Let's see those <laughs> yeah. fucking gains. But, uh, you know, I, that's where I'm like, I, do I have the energy anymore to, to like care? Yeah. But yeah, personally, uh, I used to just react like aggressively. I'm like, oh, this is bullshit. Who gives a fuck about this? Right, right. But you know what? Do whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah, I just don't. It, it's just not. It's aggressively not for me. You know. That right. It's right. so not for you. Like, how yeah. do I have a react? You're like, oh, yeah. I don't. Okay. Yeah. But I'm sure that it's inspiring to some people, right? Well, like, if, that's you, why if you, if you that Fitzbo, right? Fitzbo. Yeah. Yes, of course. It's one of those portmanteaus that <laughs> right. make me feel ill. Yeah. Uh, it's. 
I think it's, if you are looking to do that, then that might be a good place that you go. I'll watch Yoga with Adrian videos on YouTube. Right. Um, I don't but, know who that but is. I, but I think it's more, maybe it's people I know personally. Maybe that's more of a thing as well. I'm like, you're, you're, this you're feels able to weirdly give, yeah, You can intimate. give it more texture to that. Yeah, it feels weirdly intimate to watch you. Like, I, I might as well watch yeah. you taking a shit. These yeah. are bits of your life that I don't need to see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love those posts. When people are t- filming themselves on the shitter, yeah. Is there, there? There should be a whole social media network just for that it's because just I mean, on, it's I on Pornhub. Like it's we a all want to see hashtag. it, obviously, right? Yeah. Do you have? <laughs> I've done this weird thing now where I've programmed myself that I, if I go into the bathroom, like I can't go unless I'm playing Candy Crush. <laughs> wow! And I've I've done something. I've programmed like a um, got your Pavlov's bog up. or yeah. whatever. Yeah, like I've got like yeah. Pavlov's bowel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That I just as soon as I open the game, I'm like, yeah, now it's time. So if I pulled this up right now, would that inspire something within you? <laughs> They're like, oh, they go you, both ways. Hey, you want to so, throw Stevenson yeah. off her game? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pull up Candy Crush right before he's about to hit the stage, man. <laughs> well it's weird how much those things sort of affect you I don't know if you've ever seen that video it did the rounds a couple of years ago um, and it sort of came out in a sort of post Me Too way as a like an example of I think power structures and it was a video of Jason Alexander playing poker mm-hmm. with an actress whose name oof like celebrity Mary, poker? Yeah, it was celebrity poker. And she was in the middle of breastfeeding and he started making baby noises. So she had to quit the game because she started expressing milk. Oh. Have you seen this? He started making He Jason started Alexander. going, wah, wah, wah. Mary McCormack. Mary McCormack. I was going to say, I know it was Mary something. Mary McCormack, that's right. And it, and 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 he's making the noises, and she has to quit the game because she's like leaking through her shirt. And at one point, she kind of goes, "I know what you're doing, sort of you asshole." But also, it's one of it, it's 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 very uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. that that was like a well, how long ago did that happen? Was that recently? No, I think it's a few years ago. Few years ago, because that exact thing happened in the office when Pam comes back from maternity leave, and Kevin is trying to cry at her breasts to get her to lactate. Wow. And it was just like, oh, dude. <laughs> and then to think, that's like, that was uncomfortable in the context of a mockumentary show. Right. And then to be like, oh, you're doing this at a charity poker game? Yeah. Huh. Well, I think yeah. it's it's probably in the moment of playing poker, you know, I, I like a game of poker. Maybe some someone's thinking everything's, everything's game, everything's fair game. Right. But it's also, it's someone sort of weaponizing their, uh, their own body against them. Yeah. Yeah, that's not great. Uh, I mean, that's where, I mean, what what could a her move been to just turn the tables at him? I don't know. Could you just re, like be like, I don't give a fuck? Yeah. Right. You're not going to throw me off? You want right. to sip? Yeah. <laughs> you want to sip. And what is something you think is underrated? Um, I think underrated are Axe scent names. Axe? Oh, Axe, yeah. Yeah, so like Axe, Axe body spray, you have yeah. Axe body spray here, and at home we have Lynx. Lynx yes, yes. Okay. I remember being very so confused the first yeah, time I yeah. saw that. I'm like, is this off-brand Axe? Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I don't know if it's OG Axe actually, guys. Probably, I don't know whether we came yeah. up with it first. I don't know, uh, but they are basically the same thing, and I think they're underrated because they 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 name them things like Mirage, mm. right? Um, and uh, Dimension, <laughs> like they name them things that make them sound exciting. That that are in no way anything like the scent that you're going to smell. Uh, that would be a fascinating like look behind the curtain of the process by which they come up with 
Atlantis, <laughs> Apollo, Black, Black Eclipse. Like oh, is they... that one of them? Is oh, there yeah. one called Black... Voodoo. I, I've got some. I've got some alternative names that I think are more realistic. <laughs> okay. um, teenage Hope. Yeah. Mm. Uh, ball vinegar. Ball <laughs> vinegar is amazing. <laughs> I'd like to put that one at the top of the list. Yes. <laughs> truck, st- truck stop. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Chapstick. Uh huh. Sporty sportsman. Oh, I like that one. Go on. Old loafer. Mm-hmm. Uh, insurance fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Wild rat. Oh, oh whoa. <laughs> mm. Is that wild rat jiu-jitsu. mixed with ball vinegar? <laughs> jiu-jitsu. <laughs> jiu-jitsu. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. If I mean, make some it of LA. these are... So Australia is no. one in 2017. Oh, there's a Lynx Africa. There's okay. Ice Chill, which I guess that's sounds right. But then Xbox. Yeah, remember we talked about that when there was like going to be a whole custom Xbox like gamer centric line. Mm. But I think that was just for the Lynx crowd. Yeah, it wasn't for the Axe gang. What What is the smell of Xbox? I don't know. Not leaving your house for three yeah, days. Yeah, I'm like, you're saying, like the low hanging the low hanging fruit version is a gamer thing. Or see, you're actually being discriminatory, uh, assuming it's for men because they also have Anarchy for her too. Which was released for her in two thousand thirteen. <laughs> yeah, wait, for, for her two is the whole language. Two, uh, yeah, like two, two uh, using Roman numerals. So oh. the, the oh. like the Godfather two. Oh, that know. reminds me of uh, Fabio's fragrance. Do, do you remember Fabio, the nineties yeah, yeah. supermodel? Oh yeah, who could forget? Who got who got hit by <laughs> a bird on a roller coaster? We were <laughs> yes. just talking about that. I the mean, other day. I'm never not talking about yeah. that. A yeah, bit. I mean, it's still zeitgeist as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Oh, one hundred percent. But he released a fragrance that was called For Her, For Him, For Her. <laughs> <laughs> for her, for him, for yeah, her. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, that's well Or put, maybe the Fabia. fragrance was called something else, but it was underneath it had For Him, For Her, For Him. For Her, <laughs> For Him. For Her, For Him. For Us. For Us. For them. Maybe a f- Conde fragrance? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, maybe it. It's, they could have just took it off the earth because it was so bad. <laughs> he's, he's probably lying oiled up on a rock somewhere still waiting for someone to photograph him. Yeah. yeah. Fabio Lanzoni. Oh. What is a myth, finally? What is something people think is true you know to be false? Um, that Piers Morgan is alive. Oh. <laughs> You're going to do a Paul is dead for Pierce? Pierce is dead? I think he's a corpse controlled by some angry man somewhere who uh-huh. spends all day coming up with luke, lukewarm meninist takes. Right. Yeah. Just weekend at burning him around. Yeah. Like... Lou Dobbs has some controller or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lou Dobbs would also go in that category. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure what what manner of witchcraft is keeping that body in animated in an um, animated state. Yeah, it's just a just someone typing away all day going, Why do fat people exist? Why are they forcing us to eat vegan sausage uh. rolls? Who's the they? Who's right, the they? Exactly. Yes. Like any like he gets so angry. Ashley Graham, I think. Did a photo shoot for a magazine and he was like, This is disgusting. This is promoting obesity. And you're like, Oh, well, then you're promoting cunts. Right. Like <laughs> your existence. I mean, like, why do you care? She looks great. Leave her alone. Like, what's your problem? Right. Like, why does someone else's body have anything to do with you? So he just relentlessly comes up with these contrarian and they're not interesting. No. Well, th- well, I guess when you put your literally put yourself at the center of the universe, then everything is about or against or an attack against you somehow because that's how he always responds and it's always just like just please shut the fuck up yeah Yeah. i mean he speaks for uninteresting people who have like bad takes so he yeah 
Yeah, and then I think he gave fucking Trump a goddamn arsenal kit, which I'll never forgive him for as a gooner. Pierce Morgan is also one of the more famous supporters of Arsenal Football Club. And yeah, the dude. worst. Is that why he started mm-hmm. following him? Right? Yeah, that's why. When I saw him give Trump the 45 kit, I was like, this is absolute dog shit. I mean, Ugh. not to mention everything he's done up until then, but yeah. Oh, yeah. He dips his toe uh, into American politics. Yeah. Well, or his balls. I don't yeah. know. Um, <laughs> ball it, vinegar. Ball Our vinegar. whole political PV, process yes. smells Piers. like his ball vinegar. Ball vinegar. Pierce, Pierce Morgan ball vinegar. Yeah. Pierce Morgan would just be they a just scent, get real AKA specific. ball vinegar. Yeah. It's just they have a whole line that's different. Conservatives yeah. ball vinegar. Oh, boy. Tucker Carlson's ball vinegar. Oh. She's like smelling salts. Yeah. I wonder what that would smell like. I don't know if we need I feel it. like, well, yeah. Well, I, we got time. Let's devote the next uh, hour to that. We had insurance fraud. We could always we could have in- admissions fraud as well. Right. There you go. We could expand Admissions fraud would be good. <laughs> By Massimo. Uh, all right. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. And we're back. And so the Biden campaign, uh, you know, Biden came in, what did he end up at? Fourth in Iowa? Fifth? Fourth? Fourth. Somewhere, somewhere down there. Uh, and it's looking, he's polling around the same place for New Hampshire, heading into those primaries, which are kicking off probably right about now yeah. as you listen to this. Amy Klobuchar is in third. Klobuchar, the Kloba. Clobentum, I think yeah, is what they're Clobentum. calling Yeah, Clobentum. Nice. Well done, everyone. Uh, oh, we had momentum in the UK. That was the labor movement. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How'd that go? <laughs> yeah, really well. Well, that's, yeah. well, be, be careful because that's the exact same talking points they're using to try and talk down like this far, like progressive agendas of like Bernie or Elizabeth right. Warren. So, like, I mean, like, I don't see what happened to Corbyn there. Right. Well, that's, they're not, Corbyn and Bernie aren't the same. I was just yeah. saying this on Twitter the other day, but the, the techniques used to try and bring them down are very similar. Yeah. And the idea is to so fracture the left uh, beyond disrepair. Right. Yeah. You know, so they get us arguing over minutiae while they coalesce behind the stuff that they don't like. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, and protecting the status quo. Yeah. So, and that's what happened in the UK. Most definitely there was this real kind of schism on the left. Um, right. And uh, yeah. And I mean, even what everyone presumes to be left in America is kind of quite central comparatively yes. oh, yeah. to the UK. Oh, yeah. Center right, actually. Uh, yeah. When you look at like the policies of a, well, where Buttigieg is trending. I and- feel like even like Juan Guaido of Venezuela, who the US is propping up, like when he they asked him about AOC. He was like, oh, you call her a socialist. Uh, no, in Venezuela, she would be like a like a. Normal. Social Democrat, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. She would be even like, the guy who is like you know the the U, the U.S. the State Department's favorite leader of Venezuela is like even right. like oh, that ain't left, right? <laughs> you think that's okay? Okay, bro. Uh, I'm being propped up by you guys. Anyway, the Biden campaign. He he had sort of a weird weekend where um he so he was at a Iowa or a uh, New Hampshire event and. He he said something that sounded like his brain was like just misfiring at random. I mean, he's just been slow. You can tell he's slowly coming to grips with the fact that the numbers are getting away from him. Right. You know, like he he was when he was talking about corn pop and the fucking chain gang fighting yeah. in the fucking parking lot of the yeah. 
the Y or whatever. But come on, man. He, he, was knows, he knows your tricks, man, where you where you keep the razor blade out in the rain overnight yeah. and it gets rusty. Rusty. And then you I know about that. shot. Yeah. You scoundrel. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, so I guess him saying things that sound like his brain is misfiring is not altogether new. Well, but I mean, like, now, like, he's, but he's going from that comfortable confidence to now just starting to take shots. Like, you could tell when he first got to New Hampshire after I went, it's like, it took a real gut shot right. in Iowa. And now yeah. he's like... You know, took a hit in Iowa, and I'm probably gonna, you know, probably not gonna do well here either in New Hampshire because you know Bernie like won most of the time like last year, and like plus like he pretty much like owns this part of the country because like a neighboring senator, so like I'm the point it like he was right. getting real like petulant, yeah, kind of mopey. Yeah. So then when this college student, this woman asked him at an event, this her point, her we'll hear his answer, but her question was, you know, given what we saw in Iowa and how little support you had there how can we still believe that you are the best candidate to beat donald trump right like when your whole thing is electability right and you're not like kind of and he did not he did not i guess apparently wasn't looking for a gut shot from the crowd right. yeah, yeah because then his answer is very elegant number one i was a democratic caucus you ever been to a caucus no you haven't you're a line dog face pony soldier you said you were but you're, you're now you got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. A lie. So he he said, just in case you couldn't hear that, he called her a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Yeah. Which is apparently a line from an old John Wayne movie. That's what he says. Uh, <laughs> that's what he says. <laughs> okay. Or he's uh, making up new birds right. you've never heard, you lying dog-faced pony soldier. I was like, when I read that quote, I was like, that is full Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now. Like right. when he's like talking about the snail going along the edge of a razor blade. Like it's it's just like lying dog face. Po- what? I don't What's know. I thought he called her a dog face gremlin, like Scott Steiner or Rob Steiner from WCW. The, I, the, the woman was like, yeah, I didn't really appreciate that uh, coming back from him when I'm just asking a legitimate question. Because right. his answer is like, what do you know about Iowa? That's right. right, idiot. Right. It's like, okay, dude, whoa. Just answer. You know, if you were if you were actually believed in your campaign a bit and weren't on like your heels so much, you might answer it with something a little bit more like a weighed answer that's more along the lines of, yeah, it looks bad there, but you know, it's we got a lot more states to go. Right. And yeah, maybe we don't do that well here, but we still we got a we got a few more shots at this. Right. And then I can get gut punched real good. <laughs> <laughs> You lying dog faced pony soldier. Uh, you don't ever want to refer to a woman as dog faced in any kind con- nope. any kind con- or lying or any person just be like your answer's like, hey, you liar. Um but you know, we're, we're according to time. Vox, he attributes it to John Wayne, though it's actual providence, somewhat unclear. <laughs> so more on that later. Oh, so we don't even know for sure? <laughs> I don't think anyone's tracked it down to a actual movie quote. So um, Oh boy. But he has used, this is uh, good to know, he has used Lying Dog Face Pony Soldier before uh, at a North Dakota rally in 2018, uh, saying that his brother loved to use lines from movies. There's a line in a movie, a John Wayne movie, where the Indian chief turns to John Wayne and says, this is a Lying Dog Face Pony Soldier. Uh, so, huh? yeah, that's just not one necessarily that we want to How are people out. really not finding what they think it's from? I mean, maybe it's from Pony Soldier. Maybe it's what do you mean? The like where like no one. A lot of people are having trouble figuring out where the like what the actual right. It's so like you should just be able to Google it and find it. Well, which is why some people are like, 
I, I don't know. Marks for using Original. pony soldier. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. So meanwhile, uh, I wanted to. It's just funny. The question's about electability, and he just attacks the person <laughs> asking the question. Like, okay, this this, this I mean, puts a was, lot of confidence. Again, in this me. is the Joe Biden energy of like being the like. Ah, you come at me, I'm going to come back at you, right. you know, like, and there's like something that can be winning about that in the right context. It's just when your campaign is spiraling and like your energy feels a little bit like yeah, it looks off messy. balance, it can look a little bit like he's lashing out, which I, I don't think he's intentionally lashing out. I just think it's a bad look for him. Do you yeah. think it's yeah. being chalked up to bants? To yeah, the call bants, it in the, the, the bants, ban- uh, banter. The banter. Yeah, yeah. It I is. Like, he was. I think he was trying to banter, but things are coming through that he does not intend to convey. He thinks it's are, top bants, but right. it's not. A top it's yeah. a top cringe. Right. Yeah. Just, especially when a young college student is asking you a serious question, especially when you're hinging your entire fucking campaign on this idea as right. to why you should ignore all these other viable candidates, and then it's like, yeah, you're lying. And the, that I don't even understand why. I mean, I get it. I think his point is about how the caucus, the delegates work or whatever in a caucus state. But like, yeah. Right. So Bernie Sanders seems to be becoming uh, either a front runner in the primaries or the front runner in the primaries. Uh, And at the same time that that happened, uh, basically last week after, you know, as the results in Iowa were slowly, slowly trickling out. And even now. Like a lot of people aren't accepting the results as they are. Right. Like a lot of the, the news outlets are like, like that's Pete what they Buttigieg say. Clearly won. Uh, oh no, but they're even like, that's what they say. But we're still like, but that's with errors included, and right. we've yet to hold off, which shows you how. Yeah, a real mess. Uh, and he seems to be pulling at the front of the pack in New Hampshire. Um, so at the same time that that is happening, so Trump got acquitted. So this could be a total uh you know coincidence that those two things are happening at the same time uh but it does feel like the media is now being more favorable to trump as bernie has become a front runner um and i think you know that partially this is just the wind being removed from their sails by the failure of the impeachment vote and there's just like not much you can say other than yeah, I mean, they're lying, and he's lying, and they, like, got away with it. But uh, you could also argue they should be, like, more up in arms about Trump right now because he's been allowed to cheat at the election and is on, like, a revenge mission against the people who spoke honestly about his campaign's crimes. Yeah, because he, what, axed Sondland and Vindman. Keeps tweeting this thing about how he's going to stay in office, like, for the next century, which is... Terrifying because, of course, he has like wildly authoritarian, autocratic uh, tendencies. So it just seems for life. Right. It seems like he would like he's trending in a very scary direction. And the mainstream media, uh, like we got uh, a CNN piece about how Trump won the week. And uh, Chris Eliza was like, he gets an A from me for this week. What a a week for Trump. Um, And. Jason Pargin, uh, the current editor-in-chief at my old website, Cracked, uh, pointed out that you know his explanation, because I tweeted something about this, his explanation is the media is always looking for a new narrative. Uh, and he was like, you know, the 2016 election, a lot of people forget that it wasn't like 
a big part of it was that Trump's an idiot who's going to lose became an old tired story. So they were focusing on every single slip up of Clinton. And because it's not news to report what we already know, even even if it's the truth, there's like, I don't know, it's now more of a story to be like, Trump is resurgent and maybe Trump is going to win. And, you know, but I, it just seems like there's a genuine fear of Bernie Sanders, which would make sense to me, given what I have witnessed about people in the mainstream media. It's funny too, because when it looked like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie were the biggest challengers to Biden, it was, was, they were definitely more comfortable talking about Elizabeth Warren too. And she came out of Iowa third and is 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 within the top four uh, in New Hampshire and is is vying to come a, come away with there with some semblance of uh, of a win, um, but yeah, it, it's weird now that it's just there isn't even the focus there where they would normally be trying to pick apart maybe some of her policies. I think because they look at the polling and are saying, well, this looks like th- this is the biggest uh, the biggest probability is that Bernie Sanders ends up with the nomination. I guess we'll just focus on this very myopically. It's just you know the takes are real they are weird yeah. you know from like it's it's odd to say that him that Trump getting away with crimes is a good week for him right like exactly that's not uh that's not a proper a plus for Trump that's not prop- C minus for the country yeah, yeah. not right. a proper analysis of like what happens there at least from a journalistic standpoint yeah and then now like you know, it happened. You could see how the it was getting starting to get shaky when um, Nina Turner called Mike Bloomberg an oligarch, right? And like they were like, "Whoa, hold on, hold on, let's not." Right. <sighs> there was a lot of outrage, at least from the pundits she was directly talking to. But even then, it became a talking point, like at least on MSNBC and CNN, where they'd be like, "Can you believe they called Mike Bloomberg an oligarch?" It's like, right. "Yeah, he fucking is." Right. Like, Is let's that be real here because he was offering to buy. Instagram yeah. influencers and all. well, this was just this was more just born out of his uh, like his ability to just buy into this campaign with yeah. no grassroots support. He's trying to buy the presidency. Yeah, and he's just just completely saturating the airwaves with his name to buy name recognition. And they're like, this is completely counter. This is like antithetical to the whole vibe of like what a lot of these other campaigns are about. It's like we're not here at the behest of billionaires. We're here to involve working people to create a movement to right. try and change things. And they're like, I don't know, man, like to call him. I mean, he was a guy who made a lot of money and that makes him an oligarch. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm assuming on his way to accumulating billions, he made some enemies along the way. I'm, I'm sure there are people who may have worked for him who were like, yeah, I don't like I don't like what Mike Bloomberg did for companies I was working with, et cetera. And I think this idea, I think what we were talking about is that it introduces this vocabulary of like class consciousness that. The, the, that the media tries not to really get into too much. But it's I, better to make yeah. it around the, the race. Well, Bernie has said that billionaires shouldn't exist. So that's right. then going into that narrative. What's he going to do, kill him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. of people immediately going, so you want to punish success? And you're but like, right. no, no, no. No, there can be millionaires. There shouldn't be billionaires. Yeah. So no one should have that much power. I right. think I think it was after I tweeted what I tweeted. There, This clip from the Chris Matthews show came up uh, where he just melted down on CNN or on MSNBC where it was it was kind of like a little crack in the facade where it was like oh they're maybe their opposition to all this and their terror in the face of Bernie is motivated by some really like 
deeply held emotional based emotionally based fears and uh so let, let's hear chris matthews talk about uh, bernie sanders I, I have my own views of the word socialist, and I'll be glad to tell them, share them with you in private. And they go back to uh, the early 1950s. I have an attitude about them. I remember the Cold War. I have an attitude towards Castro. I believe if Castro and the, and the, and the Reds had won the Cold War, the there would have been executions in Central Park, and I might have been one of the ones getting executed. And certain other people would be there cheering, okay? So I have a problem with people who took the other side. I don't know who Bernie Bernie supports over these years. I don't know what he means by social. One week it's Denmark. We're going to be like Denmark. Okay, that's harmless. That's, a, that's basically a capitalist country with a lot of good social welfare programs. Denmark is harmless. It's pretty clearly in the Denmark is category. He? Yeah. Are you sure? How do you know? Did he tell you that? Well, I mean, that's what he says, and that's what his that's agenda what calls for, right? Yeah, yeah, He's not yeah, calling yeah, for well, anything. Let's see. Let's, see. let's figure that one out. A, well, we haven't seen a, a campaign yet. Where video of him praising the other version right. of Castro has been used, well, but that will be used. That's a question we of how, seen how that plays. Of how tangible, what what the effect that has. In well, what does he think of Castro? That's a great question. What did you think of Fidel Ismo? We all thought he was great when he first. I think was cheering like mad for him okay. when he first went in, and okay. then he became a communist Whoa. and started shooting okay. every one of his enemies. Okay, uh -huh. all, all those thoughts on the Cubans. Chris Matt or uh, Chris Hayes is really trying to be like. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Okay, guys. I mean, if you look at everything he's said and repeated over and over for the last 10 years, like this is it's more the Denmark thing and uh Chris Matthews was was not having that. It's like yeah, yeah Denmark. Denmark. Yeah, Whoa, sure. What the fuck? He's going to kill accents? us all. It's really odd, you know what I mean? And I don't know you know, I I I understand at, at a certain generation people were raised with this like just fear of the of communism right. coming to get you yeah uh but like even then you'd think chris matthews could be somewhat objective enough to say is the words he's using saying oh this is going to lead to mass executions or public executions in central pack right really and the the fact that he said I have my own thoughts that I'll share with you in private, but then went on to share them <laughs> like that suggests to me that like this is kind of like this is the sort of thing where he was you know had a drink or say. something and like just let slip like what he thinks we're all thinking because I mean that's the thing is that America is still run by like a lot a lot of these like massive corporations that are you know incredibly powerful and you know including the ones that own and run media outfits are run by passively racist rich white dudes who are you know almost like an oligarchy right right <laughs> and they're scared of sanders like i think i think they would prefer like trump's policies don't like the the things that trump does don't affect them in a negative way so like not in their not in their day-to-day -day existence right no. so especially if you're insulated by your class or like wherever you are socially right. yeah like it it would take a lot of empathy from somebody who has been has had all the material comforts for the right. last 20 however many years. I know Chris Matthews has been on the air for a long time that like, yeah, you may get fired up about what it's doing to like your historical idea of the country and how it's bad for that. But then there I think this is the difference in how the pundits look at it. They're. There, there are also people who are looking at the way the country's being ran and like, no, I, I could become a victim of this system. Right. I'm only, you know, a lot of people say like, 
uh, I forget who it was, but saying like most people are three bad months away from becoming homeless. Right. And not many people are three good months away from being a millionaire. Right. Right. And that's like the and I think on some level, if you've already got your house paid for, you can do like as right. much as you want. It's a lot harder to be objective or at least it's probably abstract to you. What right. does uh, what the struggle is of somebody who might not have the same means as you are. Yeah. And that's really what this this whole shit is about. It's yep. about being like, can you be in a place where you have all your material comforts? You have all this support or infrastructure around you to, to thrive, but also recognize that people do not. And you want to make to the system them. more equitable. Yes. Because yeah. it shouldn't just be you. It's like, well, I got mine. Fuck everybody else. And that's the that seems to be the prevailing mentality of a lot of these people. Yeah, they just don't. They would never put it in those words because right, that I would... They would I, recognize that that's not nice. I don't see them. I don't see Chris Matthews saying like, this is what we need to do to help, you know, the people of where any given community. Right. It's just more about like, this is my opinion on this person. This is my opinion on this person. I think that's where they're, this is where the appeal is of a, of a Sanders or Warren campaign, because they're, again, they're diagnosing what yeah. the root cause is of your discomfort in, in terms of what your existence is in this country. And is there a bootstrap narrative as well that if people came from like hardship early on they're like well i got myself out of it so you should yeah, be able to that's that's all like america is like all assumptions are built on that assumption in america everyone's like oh yeah but we can all succeed like just on our own terms like if we just not true if we just work hard enough if, uh, and, we're like, yeah, and we we refer to a flawed maxim that is already pointing out the absurdity in and of itself of yeah. the phrase "pull yourself up by the bootstraps." But I think that that run by Chris Matthews there is going to be important to keep in mind as this primary progresses. Like Chris Saliza was like wrote it in his article where he was like eight things that made this Trump's week in uh, Washington. Uh, he said that like he he was like yeah, and you know. Democrats who aren't Sanders followers think he's the worst candidate to defeat Trump, which is like something that only people who are specifically part of other campaigns would say. Yankees think. fans think the Red Sox should not win a World <laughs> right. Series. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, anyways. Great. Uh, no, and it's just it really you'd hope again that like you that these things could be brought into the frame especially from the mass media about what is going on in these elections because it's much easier to just do the narrative you know what's the fucking narrative arc of this campaign yes rather than like what are the existential threats to people that we need to be talking about that we as a media could say did you know that this company hasn't been paying their taxes and what that money could do right. why aren't we why aren't we examining this as a culture or as a society do you yeah. think healthcare is the num the the number one, the start and end of it? That all the other problems, or is the the problem as as opposed to the symptoms, for how many people end up in situations because they can't afford healthcare? Well, I mean, yeah, I'd say for most people, that is probably the most broad, touching everybody in the country is your healthcare on some level. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the student debt and like housing things also have a dimension to it, but. Also, but the housing can come out of, of yeah of uh, uh, problems with your health. Exactly. So when you see homeless people and you say, "Oh, there's people there who are clearly mentally ill who aren't supported, or have a disability, or have lost a limb, or are vets, or yeah. you know that 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 they're not being supported in in the yeah. same way that we have an NHS which is being dismantled at home, at um and you know auctioned it, off to the Americans, auctioned off to you guys. 
someone here owned our blood and then it got sold to China. So our blood plasma supplies, which is all fairly terrifying. But I do think that that's the, I guess that's the key issue, isn't it? Yeah. It's whether, whether you're going to have healthcare or whatever version of that is. Is it Medicare now for everyone right. or, you know, a, an extension of what Obamacare was? I'm not quite sure how that, There's just... but I feel like that's the thing. I think it begins and ends with saying oh, we're going to support you. In if terms you did of... a poll of people who said, if medical debt wasn't a concern for you, how much would that free you up emotionally, right. mentally? To right. put your attention and focus on other aspects of your life. I think most people would say, wait, medic medical costs aren't something I'd have to think about. Right. And again, it's and everyone always talks about this. It's just a uniquely American problem because it's our system is just set up to fucking exploit our own people and then blame them when they can't play the game anymore. Right. They're they're putting people in jail in Kansas because they they've defaulted or can't pay their medical debt. Yeah. You will go to so this is like and that's the thing. Like, I wish they would take more time to really examine that. Like, that's the ethos here. Yeah. It's like, oh, you can't pay? Well, you got to go to jail. And the way that uh, Medicare for All is being pitched to Americans by the mainstream media is like, are are you in favor of a system that would kick you off your existing insurance? And it's yeah. like, that, that implies that you don't have insurance on the other side of that equation. Yeah. That you're just like kicked off and made to fend for yourself. Hey, the people to... who have yeah employer-provided insurance, and most people probably complain about their insurance to begin with, yeah. don't you want to keep that? They're like, mm. Well, we have that in the UK as right. well. You can have that as well as the- Right. right. You can have Boop or whatever it's called, which is private healthcare. So there's lots of companies that offer that, but then there is the basic system, right. which everyone can still- access and get to yeah so you know if you're diagnosed with a life-threatening illness you are able to receive treatment um, yeah whether you can afford it or not that's a a novel concept yeah that's a supporting that's a society that believes that we should help right you know and 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 like i say i think we're rapidly losing this especially with the conservative government that we have in at the moment but that says we should support the most vulnerable in our society Mm. and help them Exactly. And that, you know, if you earn a lot of money, pay a little bit more than someone who doesn't earn as much. And that's, you know, yeah. we try and that's, you know, the aim. That's just not the, that's just not really written in stone in this country from the beginning. It's yeah. not, it's like, sure, come over, man. Like you getting threatened or whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll take you in. But it's never like, we must take care of each other because that's right. the, that's the real sentiment in this country. Like yeah. everyone deserves to live with dignity. It's, Yo, how much fucking money you got? Right. That to me is the probably you could apply that saying to most problems that we have. And I think that's really why I think there's there's something to these candidates who are trying to realign the ship a little bit that's appealing to people because they realize like, yeah, like we're not even like we can't even actually you couldn't actually say as Americans like, yes, this country is all about treating every single person who happens to be a citizen here. Or even if you're an, an undocumented person, just we believe people that are within these borders should be taken care of so they can live. And right. they can't even do that for the people they send into parts of the world to get oil or whatever. And we and we're not doing we're not even doing the basics for our soldiers where we even pretend or the media or politicians pretend they're so important. They're still deployed as, you know, props in a state of the union address or right. or or ran out on a rail from the White House because they 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 dared the to speak against the president. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with coverage of the Oscars. <laughs>
And we're back. Uh, the Oscars happened on Sunday night. Did you guys watch? I followed it on on Twitter. Okay, I that's close enough. Was no, I didn't watch. <laughs> I did see when at a at a bar that I saw when uh, Bong Joon Ho won Best Director, and right. then I said, oh, "Okay, so I think it's going. I think it's going okay." Yeah, Parasite cleaned up. Uh, that was great to see. I feel like this is sort of part of the realignment of Academy voters, or you know, the attempt by the Academy to include a more di- diverse and younger voters uh, so that we don't always just have movies made for uh, old people in Hollywood mm-hmm. uh, winning every year. Uh, and I, yeah, I mean, just obviously my opinion, I thought it was the best movie and uh, yeah, they gave too. it to the best movie. That was cool. On the other hand, uh, <laughs> Our Lord who... Dunn's speech was cool as well. Yeah. So did, did you see that? No. She thanked her parents, and that was it. Was cute. Yeah. She's, her mom she, was there crying. Yeah. She sort of said a thing of like, "Never meet your heroes, but if you're really blessed, you're lucky enough to be born. Uh, you know that that you're lucky enough that they're your parents." And then she gave a shout out to Diane Ladd and, and Bruce Dern, which was oh. quite cute. Yeah. I th- yeah, there were a lot of actually really nice moments. I, I had like one eye on, I, I was at an Oscar party that involved kids. So, you know, I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old running around and uh, didn't, re- I, was, I was like watching out, out of the corner of my eye. There like, were some really nice moments right. though. Kids love the Oscar party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they love, they love lo- like love uh, stories and narratives around class struggle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my son was super excited. My one-year-old was super pumped that Parasite won. Uh, my, I, so my father-in-law, uh, who was born in South Korea, had never been to a movie in the United States, a movie theater, like in his entire time living here over 40 years uh, and we went to see parasite on thanksgiving so now i look super smart because the one i took him to his first movie and it was parasite which ends up being <laughs> the most up. acclaimed south korean movie in the history of was it wait was it a bit of a season t- a tug of war and you were like hey let's go check this movie out he's like you know i haven't been to a movie in 40 years man. he's just like you know he's a uh, he, he wasn't super eager to go but uh my wife and I kind of got him to go and we're like, come on, it'll be fun to all go together to see this movie that's supposed to be really good. Right, and right, right. Lo and behold. So uh, I take at least partial credit for that <laughs> one. Uh, on the other hand, and this is probably overblown and part of having a you know a right-leaning mainstream media, but uh, as someone who champions progressive values, having like... Joaquin Phoenix get up and give a rambling eight minute long speech (laughs) where he equates racism and social ills with taking milk from cows and splitting up cow families Mm. uh, Mm. was, I just like, don't, I don't know. We're still struggling with the fallout from that being done to humans by people in the United States. No, but think of the animals first. Right. And uh, I don't know. Like he he just kind of touched on the social stuff and then, Spent a paragraph talking about, uh, you know, poor treatment of cows. And it's just. He sounds like me at a new material night. Right. And I've really s- did scratch feel... out some ideas yeah. on the back of a. Yeah. Uh, on the back of a beer mat. And go, oh, what if I do something about that? Yeah. And that'll. If I get a laugh, I'll work. 
<laughs> that cow milk isn't even as good as human milk anyway. <laughs> right. Uh, oh boy. Uh, um, yeah, I'm getting the light. But I do think it's 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 hard, isn't it? Because at those awards things, you do think most people are at home watching, just going, "I don't want a TED talk. Just yeah, take the award from and, these people. Yeah, yeah from, from 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 what Brad they see Pitt, as Hollywood like, elite." Brad Pitt opened with like, like yeah, his heart was in the right place. He was like, you know, they told me I could only talk for 45 seconds, which is 45 more seconds than the Republicans allowed John Bolton to speak. And it was just like, All right, yeah, man. it was like, that's a, that's that- a good thing to be mad about. But it's also just like, I don't know. It's so, there, there's something that just feels like these are not the people that should be out there speaking on behalf of progressive values look uh, if you're gonna if you want look uh, whatever you do with your time that's your prerogative yeah, obviously their, it's you know yeah, if, totally their right that's if that if he likes the animal i mean not to say that those aren't important yeah they, they are, are very important. but i think you, that's your time to i guess you know virtue signal let everybody know what you're talking about but like to take their time to to point out the John Bolton and the impeachment thing shows you at what elevation you're looking at the problems, yes. right? Because if you go deeper than that, you might say something about, you know, maybe Flint, Michigan, right? Or anything. all the homeless people that you pass on in, a daily basis in the in city Hollywood. you live in, yeah, something it, like that. And I think that's where you start. And it's like, bro, that was like a two week old take, also, yeah. like, <laughs> right? Well, the the um, he also did a joke that was it at the Golden Globes about to Leo about there was room for you on the door. And I was like, oh, my God, every stand-up had a bit like a bit when the film came out. Right. Wait, there um, was room for you on the door. In Titanic. Uh, oh, Rosen. right. Yeah, yeah, Brad did that joke. Well, um, <laughs> but, but also, I do think, I, I don't have a problem. I think if you've got a platform, you should use it. But what I'm keen on is per, uh, demonstrative over performative. Mm-hmm. So if you uh, talk the talk, you better walk the walk as well. Because mm-hmm. I think that's what pisses people off. If they feel like someone's lecturing them, going, I'm better than you and you should care about this. And then they go, how did you get here? Did you fly on a private jet? Right. Did right. you? How much money did you spend on X this month? Or like this kind of idea of moral top trumping, which yeah. we can all engage in to some degree. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, personal responsibility versus social responsibility. You know, that's when I think when people at home watch that and, you know, Ricky Gervais kind of said it, didn't he, at the, at the Golden Globes, right. which is just get up, thank you God or whoever else it is and your agent and then get <laughs> off. Right. Because I don't know if this is the, you know. But, uh, but then also I believe that storytelling is important and is a way of highlighting all of these issues and... Yeah, it's tough because people are sort of dancing near the edges of what could be good. So yes. it's like right. hard to define because like it's it's in the vicinity, but there's something quite not connecting fully with those moments. And uh, then he also slid in a thing about cancel culture. Like we're better when we come together, not like criticize and cancel each other. And that got uh, a lot of right wing media on his side. Uh, Washington Examiner, Joaquin Phoenix was right about cancel culture. The Federalist, cows aside, Joaquin Phoenix cows made aside. a strong <laughs> argument against cancel culture. I like culture how they still had like taper yeah. down. National Review, Joaquin Phoenix criticizes cancel culture in Oscar's acceptance speech. And it's just like, yeah, I, I mean, he has reasons to be afraid of cancel culture based on that his behavior with Casey Affleck on uh, on the set of that movie, I'm not here or whatever. But don't most people feel like that? 
What, like the idea of like giving culture? him some kind of badge because he said that. I think a lot of people are like, okay, well, you know, it's better to allow people to uh, recover from mistakes. However, but, you know, we t- I think we talked about this last time I was on the show. Repeatedly and consciously doing shit, right, or saying horrible things is with intention is one thing. That doesn't actually, show growth. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, someone fucking up and then learning from that is is you know. Well, that's the only way. But we I can don't evolve think that's, that's, or else we start just cornering off into just like you know people who don't give a fuck and will continue to give a fuck less to the point of like that it becomes catastrophic. People who do, yeah. I mean. There is, yes, I think there is something to be examined a bit with cancel culture with like sort of hard canceling people and be like, you're 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 off to the refuse pile or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But yeah. also just like even when you think about this, like an election, right? It can't just be if you voted for Trump, like we can't look after look out for right. those people or try and bring those people into a movement, because I think that's where, you know, all this power moves very fluidly. And when you start putting very rigid barriers down that can affect that that flow that fluid motion of things. Yeah. Not to say that you go like, oh hey, like violent uh, you know, hate crime serial killer. Like right. you're you really sorry? Right. Okay, maybe we can like, you know, make you can run a child daycare now or something. But I think there still has to be there we, people have to think though too. You know, like there have been times where I've had an opinion on something, not even like as you know high stakes as like a political ideology, maybe just like on a fucking puka shell necklace. Yeah, where I'm like, I ain't changing my necklace because yeah, everyone says it looks stupid. It's dope. As and fuck. then people start telling you, man, that looks fucking stupid. Right. And then I know people who still wear a fucking puka shell necklace because they've been so like they've been so polarized Heroes. that they're like, the second I take this off, they, they win. fucking win. Yeah. <laughs> and it can't always be like that. It can be like, yo, you can take it off and we can, yeah, we can, we just, you took it off. Well, now, it's a, it's we a call for talking. nuance, isn't it? And I yeah. feel like nuance is so important totally. within, within all of these. If we make it's these. It's just, yeah, it's, but it's, it, but I think there, my, my overall point is just that we have a bunch of rich white centrists slash conservatives who claim to be liberals uh who are all best friends with millionaires and they are like the public faces of progressive values we have this story about how barnes and noble's tribute to black history month was to uh redesign the covers of classic novels to make the protagonists from those novels black, like basically putting their the characters from literature in blackface, not living up to the second part of their name. Oh man, right. Emma, the opposite of noble. Right. Emma, Emma with a with an African American woman as Emma. Right. Wow. Yeah, Moby Dick with Frankenstein. A black Ahab. Well, their whole the whole reasoning was that it's like, well, none of the protagonists in this books are explicitly like defined by who they are, but it's like, right. Have you read Emma? You know right. where they are. Right. There's no black people there. What right. if I'm like, okay, I'm in what? 1800s England? Yeah. Okay. Mm, I don't think so. Right. Otherwise, it's a that'll be a trippy ass book where right. you have to write those details in. And that's just so disingenuous. So it's like, well, it doesn't say like explicitly, but you know. Right. Like if they wanted to highlight diversity in literature, they could have, I don't know, highlighted some authors of color. Yeah. But Oh. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just huh. it seems like the same thing where I I don't know. More and more, like I'm seeing, <laughs> I'm seeing people's frustration with the mainstream media and mainstream culture, and even like Hollywood, uh, and 
you know, understanding the frustration. Well, the diver- is there, yeah. is, was there not one person, though, who, when that was pitched, went, mm. or that means you don't have anyone working there? Well, 76% of the publishing industry is white. Yeah. So right. by those numbers, I have... And, you know, when you even look you at sticking how... sticking their hand up in a meeting yeah, and if, saying this is a bad idea. If you look at even how, like, yeah. the studios, we talked about this last week, of how it breaks down demographically. Like, at the highest levels of the studios, it's, like, 90% white and 85% male. Right. So you're not going to get a lot of dissenting opinions in there. And the ones that are, I don't know how well they operate in an ecosystem like that. Right. Um, if they're, you know, if they're just ran out or whatever. One thing that is interesting, though, about uh, Parasite is... Just how, you know, the the whole thing has brought capitalism into like into view. Right. And that's interesting to see that even the vote there, there was something about the film that spoke to people. Obviously, it's a great film, but I think it speaks to it. There's some that people are starting to connect like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. This is, is weird. And and also Bong, uh, Bong Joon-ho himself was saying, like, no matter what country he went to, the answers about like how people were receiving his film were the same of sort of like, what's this system doing to us? Right. You know? And it's funny when you see like the there's a article from what is it Real Clear Markets <laughs> definitely they're saying Bong Joon Ho's Parasite is overrated implausible class struggle nonsense yeah <laughs> and that's when you see him like oh who are the people who have takes on this and what are the takes about and they're yes. like ah, da, 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 da. don't start don't start you know getting these people pumped up on like who, yeah. what, how the how the power works. I mean struggle. this is yeah. kind of my struggle this is kind of my frustration is you almost said my struggle there. my struggle <laughs> this oh, is sort of, well this is my frustration is that like the Dredge Report's headline is we're all parasites exclamation point politics dominates Oscars under a picture of Joaquin Phoenix so this very elegant uh you know thing that's going to be a timeless work of art criticizing you know capitalism uh gets lumped in with these very clumsy ass like dumb statements from joaquin phoenix and it's just like uh i don't know it, it just frustrates me that well it's done so brilliantly in the film isn't it because it's done it's done with the story but it's done visually the layers of yeah. who's on top and mm-hmm. who's underneath yeah there's this beautiful you know you can kind of see how many steps they have to go down yeah even to get and even to like where they live even like snowpiercer too like yeah. with how the train's set up yeah. with people what's at the front of the train and the back of the back of the train yeah. but it's done it, it's done on so many it's affecting in so many ways and it says so I don't know how it manages to do that in yeah. one film because I know. it's the fact that the guy who's been Spoiler alert! Like one of one of the people who represents, you know, the lower part of that equation, is views the person, the rich guy who lives in the house, as like this hero. Right. I think is like such a nuance, but like brilliant and like true. It's thing. like oh, class solidarity right. with the ruling class. Nah, fuck yeah. That. Yeah. So yeah, those in the middle, because then because you realise that the family that you think are, are are the worst off aren't actually. This is a spoiler, but that I wanted to say there's a beautiful bit in that um, where the dad says, "You don't make plans because if you make plans, they never work out anyway." Right. Like, uh, yeah, it's a, it's an incre- it's a piece of art, and it's but it's also brilliantly entertaining mm-hmm. and so funny. I didn't expect it to be as funny right. as it was. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I, I can see how there would be people out there who are fearful of what the film is saying yeah, right? yeah. to protect their yeah. status quo. Well, even when the director, or I think it was one of the filmmakers for that American 
uh, Factory. What was the wait? What was the movie? The American Factory, right? Yeah, American Factory. Uh, the that net is a Netflix documentary. When she said "Workers of the World Unite," yeah, like from the Communist Manifesto, people were like, "The Daily Callers, like Oscar winner quotes Communist yeah. Manifesto." It's like, yeah. even though that film, I think some people were a little maybe a little critical of how it's sort of both sizing the sort of dynamics between the factory owners and the workers was still was enough there for people to sort of be like, whoa, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, it seemed to be a theme. Uh, people are, I don't know, looking at looking at these films and what they offer us in terms of insights. Mm. Well, Tiff, it's been a pleasure having you. Uh, where can people find you, follow you? Uh, can follow me on, I'm still trying to get the grams going. Mm. Grams happening. Grandma on the grams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, at, at Tiff Stevenson Comic and then on Twitter, Tiff Stevenson. Also, my website hasn't been updated since Brexit. Uh, but oh. finally, finally, um, I'm I'm updating all of that. So tiffstevenson.co.uk. Mm. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes, one of uh, Alice Fraser's uh, tweets, my um, occasional... Uh, Bugle co-host and tea with Alice and uh, she she tweeted okay make out on the tube sure just don't make out on a peak hour tube everyone's touching everyone else so we're all part of a party we didn't RSVP to <laughs> I've never seen that happen does that happen sometimes what people making out on the tube during rush hour oh yeah like Ugh. people do it anytime all time <laughs> um, rush hour is also when you get unconsensual kind of erections pressed into your back and stuff mm. on the uh on the old underground yeah i just like the meatheads that let out like late at night when you're on the tube and i'm always like okay these guys are like three songs away from just fighting each other on the, on the tube oh yeah yeah shout uh, out to buff guys on the tube it's uh <laughs> sometimes entertaining sometimes terrifying <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Miles, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray, and also on my other show, 420 Day Fiance. There will be a new episode tomorrow because the show came back. We had to skip a week because the producers of 90 Day Fiance didn't want to go toe to toe with the Super Bowl. Cowards. Um, and a tweet that I like uh, this one's from a partner on Charlie. It says, It's funny how you make one bad decision and then suddenly you're on a roll. Like, wee! This is where I live. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Uh, tweet I was enjoying. Uh, I was enjoying a series from Chelsea Peretti during the Oscars where she just kept commenting on like the photographs of men arriving on the red carpet in identical looking tuxedos. It's like <laughs> Alfie Allen wore head to toe. Uh, Zenya to the 2020 Academy Awards and she would tweet things like uh, insanely fab and absolutely the, worth the risk he took exclamation exclamation a bow tie what a right. radical choice I know oh wow he did it take uh, some risks cowards yeah. you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist we're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram we have a Facebook fan page and a website dailyzeitgeist.com where we post our episodes and our foot notes where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as the song we write out on miles what is that going to be today
Uh, this is going to be a bit of a throwback to the year 2009. Uh, a young man named Hudson Mohawks put on an album called Butter. And I was just, you know, DJ Daniel and I were reminiscing about this album. It really pushed a lot of instrumental uh, beat maker albums forward. It was a very future looking album. And this uh, is one of my favorite songs on there called Twist Clip Loop. Mm. It's a short song, but it's just got, I don't know, man. Just check, check out this whole album. It's, it's, it's something else. It still holds up. If you like the beat style stuff. And if you're twisted. If you're twisted. Or you like Twist Scottish producers. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And we will talk to you then. Bye. 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 <laughs> 